This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Yeah, those days working on the dock. That's right. Johnny. Tommy. Tommy. Oh, that was a fail. Mm-hmm. That happens. Too much Aquanet. There you go. That's <laughs> what happens there. Yeah, that was. <laughs> Anybody old enough to remember what Aquanet was? Oh, man. They still sell that? Oh, yeah. You can still buy it at the dollar store. I use it to, uh, when I'm making 3D prints, I, I spray the platform so it doesn't stick to it. Oh, so, good idea. Yeah, that's my Aquanet. Yeah, the, the film on the bathroom counter. Oh, my God. It feels like sand. Yeah, it was a thing. <laughs> I got into some serious trouble about that film. Did you? Oh, yeah, and on the walls. Uh, <laughs> it goes all, all the way back to the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's all I used in high school to back comb and tease my hair. Wow. Get I'd like to see pictures. Bangs. I will I will produce those. Really? They're, they're, yeah, and they're pretty. They're funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll produce those. Okay. Yeah. Normally people won't. People, oh, no. there's a whole. I love to laugh at it. There's a whole subreddit called Blunder Years where people <laughs> post their photos of the blunders they, you know, or, or the looks that they thought were awesome. You know, yeah. it's a thing. It's yeah. part of the learning curve in life. For sure. You, you know, learn. and and I applaud the people that color outside the lines early, you know, mm-hmm. because I think they learn more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would agree. But this was inside the lines. I look like every other girl my age. Mm-hmm. Just the big, big bangs. <laughs> wow. Bangs. <laughs> swatch, watch. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, and yeah. swatches. And it, I think we would have been more... Yeah. Benetton, yeah, Benetton than swatches. Yeah. Uh, that, that's For a little sure. younger than us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I told you. I can try. Huh? <laughs> I well, can no, try. you can try. I told Nick, um, uh, I, I opened a box of, of F1 cards from 1991. It was still factory sealed um, oh, wow. uh, this past weekend. And Benetton was a big F1 uh, sponsor yeah, uh, for out. Formula One. Mm-hmm. So the cars all looked like. Like the United Colors of Benetton, yes, <laughs> and the uniforms. It was either Benetton or Marlboro, and it was right. like nothing in between. Uh, Maybe Joe Camel. Yeah, you were a cigarette box. I mean, it was mm-hmm. the red top, the red bottom with Marlboro, and and the white with the black letters on it. Yeah, essentially the box. Yeah. Well, do you remember with Benetton they were early, early in including very diverse faces and people it in was, their marketing? It looked completely. It. Thing else, anything we saw here, yeah, yeah that was, was the United. Col- yes. That's what that. I mean, was. if you go, I mean, if you go to a store, and I think maybe Springfield had one, or maybe St. Louis. I don't remember, you know, but that's what the walls looked like. All the images, the magazine ads, back when we draw. had magazines. That was the draw mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I loved that. I'll and give you one more magazine ad. See if yeah. you remember this okay. one, uh, because it is credited with saving the company uh, from literally becoming uh, bankrupt and out of business. Uh, and it was the Absolute Vodka Bottle magazine campaign where they did swimming pools and different, all shaped in yeah. the bottle of mm-hmm. Absolute. I ba- I vaguely remember that. I remember the swimming pools in the bottle. Dead center, and it was mm-hmm. dead center with the text right underneath it, but yeah. in different shapes, right? Yeah, like yeah. it might look, it might be a swimming pool in the yeah. shape of the bottle, mm-hmm. or it might be a whatever. Like literally, they were teetering on like going out of business, and that one ad campaign saved them. Wow. Amazing. There's a great book about vodka. And it's not really about vodka. It's about marketing. But like the different ways that people came to the success. The guy that does Tito's, 
he just wanted to make enough money where he could play golf four times a week. I mean, that when he started that company, that, <laughs> that was, was the goal, goal right? Right. Wow. Uh, and then some of them, like, you know, if you get like Belvedere or some of the more expensive ones, like some wanted mass approach. Some took the approach of they just literally went to bartenders and made it hard to get, you know, and then the demand. It's a whole book about one industry that really basically all tastes the same and how it is marketed to be. That's right. It's crazy. I know scarcity is a thing. It drives us. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. It can, it can drive us to want something. It's interesting, the psychology behind that. Uh, I Well, you know, I, I think you can overlay that with politics or anything else. It, it, you know, the the, na- the the mood of the nation. Nick and I solved uh, part of this, or at least we made it very easy to understand, I think, today. Um, I've never left an Amazon review in my life. <laughs> I have. Have you? Yeah. Okay. Lots or just a bad experience? No, actually a positive experience. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, is there a difference in the mentality of leaving a positive versus a negative experience? Um, no, it, it's the op- they're polar opposites, but you've been compelled on the ones and fives that we're talking about. You've been compelled because it either exceeds or drops below the expectation in an extremely meaningful way. Okay, so here's what we figured out. Let's see if this, this, this resonates with you because you're a great communicator. Um, in Amazon, one, I had an awful experience. Five, it was, uh, uh, I touched God. Um, and uh, this is sort of like our politics today, our yeah. social media, our families, when most people are twos or threes or fours. I would say I would agree with that. But all the attention goes because 30,000 people buy a product, 99 people hated it, 79 people loved it, and we forget 39,000 people bought it. You're correct. You're correct. Well, it's And we were playing that over the Iowa caucuses. You you know, 100,000 people voted. Correct. 14% of the GOP registered voters. Right. It's such a small number. Yeah. That you forget. Where are the twos and the threes and the fours? And the politicians on both sides of the aisle have now become full-time caterers to the ones and the fives rather than the twos and the threes and and the fours. And making sure you can clearly see the difference that one is for sure a one and one is for sure a five. No ambiguity in between. Well, I liken it to the light switches. So like most things in life are on a dimmer switch, not an on or off. Yeah. Like it's not all or nothing. It's not binary. Most things are shades. Yeah. But but the more you think that way, but the more you play to the ones and the fives, the less nuance we muster as a nation or perceive to. Because once again, I think we give the noise more credence than the silence. And, And because the silence is hard to read. Mm-hmm. You're correct. I mean, are you turned off and you're just out now, or do you completely disagree? You know, we don't know the twos, threes, and fours. Or do you just not want to muster the emotional energy to argue anymore? Right. You know, that's where most people are. We agree. Most people have so much more in common than we have not in common. Yeah. And yet we're quiet and, right uh, Well, now. And, and I think that one-on-one learning that mm-hmm. has been in some ways made easier but in a lot of ways it's we have a, a we have an easy barrier to that right i would agree just yelling at strangers on twitter correct you, you know uh, or what i mean that's not mm-hmm. the same as getting to know someone you're right i think we as a nation have been hijacked by the ones and fives yeah. we've allowed ourselves to be hijacked because i you know when you interact with most human beings most neighbors people that you know mm-hmm. you have more in common with them than you don't and yet when we we separate ourselves from the right or the left. That's right. We focus on what those ones and fives want us to focus on. So you're absolutely right. Okay. 
uh, and we looked at these elections from the Pew Research number. Mm-hmm. If you go 2018 through 2022, there have been three national elections. Um, overall, 70% of U.S. adults uh, who were eligible to participate in all three elections between 2018 and 2022 voted in at least one of them, but only 37% voted in all three. Wow. That surprises me, and yet it doesn't. I think that sometimes because of the noise, people get disenchanted or they disengage or they shut it off because it's conflict, and that's stressful for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think that must be happening. But here, here's the interesting thing, and this is what I, I – what when you do math, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and math isn't up to interpretation. You, you, you know, I mean, there are mathematical sure. theories, but one plus one is two. Uh, and when you look at the 2020 presidential election – 66% of the voting eligible population turned out to vote for Biden and or Trump that election, right? The highest rate in any national election since 1900, okay? Wow. Now, if you look at the uh, uh, the next time around, only 46% showed up at, at, the, at the previous presidential election. So right. that 20% got you way more numbers. But sure. we don't look at it like, well, what have we done the last three elections? Oh, you mean that one was that much higher than all the rest of these? Mm-hmm. Yes. And only 37% of us actually voted in all three? That's interesting to me. I wonder if this presidential election will drive high voter turnout or complacency and low vo- voter turnout because of people being sort of tired of all the conflict i i, I think I your twos and your threes and your fours are where this is going to swing I because i think your ones and your fives will vote um you know or not all not mm-hmm. universal but i mean i think as a block they've already decided they're already you know nothing could happen that's going to change their mind at all even the amazon review yeah they, they are <laughs> right exactly. at the ballot box uh and i don't know what your twos and threes and fours do Clearly, not a lot of people showed up for the caucuses in Iowa. Now, they had terrible weather. Yeah, I, it, that you know, tough. It, so that could also play into it. We'll see what happens in New Hampshire and South Carolina, and mm-hmm. you start to get a little more feel for population. It's hard to do that when 100,000 people in a right. state it's participate such a small in something. Size. Uh, but do the twos, threes, and fours show up? And then who's messaging to the twos and the threes and the fours? No well, one. Yes, I agree with that. And I think that's part of our problem. You know, I think that we no longer are having the nuanced conversations because they're more challenging and they're, they're nuanced. And so they're not as, I don't know, catchy. I think the last candidate, the last two candidates that actually spoke to me, like meaning if I could choose to vote for this person, I absolutely would. One was a Republican and one was a Democrat. The Democrat was Pete Buttigieg, who uh, Mm -hmm. at that time was Mayor Pete, who spent all of his time talking about policy and Mm -hmm. issues and and transportation. And and the other was John Kasich, who was a very popular governor in his home state of Ohio and also was a guy who talked about policy and how it impacted American lives. And I don't mean the border or, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean that, that's what goes for poly, right? I right. mean, the, 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 the Eastern Bloc took a trip down there to come in and weigh on it and then had a breaking press release out yesterday to come find out what they found out. Um, I'm talking about policy that actually impacts stuff. your life. Yeah. Do we have an electrical grid that can survive mm-hmm. these hardening winters, right? Exactly. In Texas, people can't, they're telling people not to wash their clothes because they're that worried about the grid going down. Correct. And, and things like how is technology going to be regulated because that will right. impact our own personal privacy. Yes. What about the costs of health care and what is, yes. what is our... 
what are the policies yes. around that? Those are the things that matter to the everyday human. Yeah. And, and those conversations, I think, are exactly what we should be. And, and, and why we're all paying 70% more for 30% less right. in life in general. Correct. I'm not saying uh, on level of effectiveness or or preference or anything, but I, I think that that is the strategy behind Biden. I do think that they're not that, doing a very good job. Of it. Uh, again, I, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm saying that he. If you look, they've been less in the mud and more about look at what we've done. Now, again, you don't have to say it was good or bad or whatever. I think that I'm, is the play card they are using. Yeah, and, and they're not in, in return. I don't know. I, the last couple of things I've watched is the end of democracy warning. The the. I mean, they are ratcheting up the ones and the fives too. Mm-hmm. Right okay. now. They're in a tough spot because of what's going on with Israel, and there's no right answer for them there. And and it's you know, uh, and and messaging also is more effective depending on who the messenger is. It, again, it it might be falling on deaf ears, but I think the bulk of what what they're putting out there is the here's what we're doing, and it's working is is what they're saying. Again, I'm not saying it is or isn't. Yeah. I think that's their plan A, and plan B is to remind you that you like this, mm-hmm. then you'd hate that. I, I know, but I, I've also read a lot of inside people in the Democratic Party that want him out there doing sure. way more of that, about what they've oh, even accomplished, more? what they've done. Right. That, you yeah. know, because it gets... But then the people that are running it don't want him out there. That's right. <laughs> I, look, I, I, I just I feel like I have felt for most elections for a while is that there's 360 million people yeah. in this country, and these are the two people I have to choose from. And Correct. Tanya, Tanya's yes. question of are a lot of people going to turn out or not will depend on the temperature at the time of the vote. Correct. In November. Yes. If they've heated it up to a simmer to where it's catastrophic in both directions, then that will propel people to a high number. Mm-hmm. And if it's just this muddy noise, yeah. then mm-hmm. I believe people will be lethargic and not, not show up. I have to. I had a conversation with my 16-year-old son about why we're looking at late 70s and early 80-year-old candidates for president. Like and he head coach. Yeah. And well, <laughs> well, and we, it, but well it's it, new. it went that direction. It, we talked about... about why people in these positions aren't getting out of the way and letting the younger generation have an opportunity. People in their 40s and 50s are getting no opportunities in some of these positions. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I, I would pull, I'd push back a little on that because we went from Bill Clinton to George W. Bush to Barack Obama, all men in their 40s and 50s. Okay. And But the, here's the difference. When Ronald Reagan was running for president, they were already saying he was too old. I, I mean, that's that right. was the, the. How old was he at the time? I should know, and I don't. Uh, we'll have to look that. I, no, I, I don't want. I think I know, but I don't want to guess. Uh, uh, let's do this. We got to take a break anyway. But but you'd be surprised because that. I mean, I was around when all that was yeah. thrown out sure. there about him being too old to be to have his finger on the nuclear button. Right. He's probably in his 60s. Uh, we'll, I think it will yeah, shock right. you when you juxtapose <laughs> it to what we're looking at today. Yeah. All right. Time now for a quick break. Back with more right after this. When was the last time you had your vehicle's fuel system totally cleaned? Did you know that most manufacturers recommend this service to be performed every 15,000 miles or at least once a year to help restore horsepower and your MPG? Well, I've got good news for you. SpeedLube offers full-throttle two-step fuel system cleaning services for only $79.95 with purchase of a Pennzoil premium oil change. And they've got five area locations, so you can get your fuel system totally cleaned today at SpeedLube. 
Join the fun at the Bushlight Comedy Series at Three Ravens in Monticello. J.B. Ball has written for Kevin Hart, Snoop Dogg, and for the hit show Ridiculousness. And he's currently on tour with Brad Williams. Did you know that a chameleon's tongue is as long as its body? If they could speak, their lisp would be crazy. Get your tickets now at threeravens.pub. Four shows January 25th through the 27th. It's the Bushlight Comedy Series at Three Ravens. Thank you to our sponsors, Flatline Construction and Remodeling. to Fires and Company, streaming live at NowDecatur.com. So we had 60-year-old candidate Ronald Reagan, 69-year-old president Ronald Reagan. And after his second term, he was, at the end of his eight years, 77 years old. And, and that, that was the big argument that was used against him, was too old. Maybe we're a little different now, but how old would uh, both Trump and Biden be at the end of another four-year term? I don't know. 85? Yeah, I mean, but but life expectancy is significantly different than it was in the 80s. Reagan lived in 99. Well, actually, life expectancy has gone down. Well, since COVID. <laughs> yeah, we took Especially a... Especially for men. <laughs> yeah, we spiked, the, we spiked the numbers yeah, backwards. Yeah, so we can't make COVID. that argument. Yeah. <laughs> It's I forgot about that. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's it's a tough challenge, and here we here we sit with it. I, do you think that there is a? Sometimes I see in young people. Uh, sometimes, like I remember when AOC clapped back at Joe Lieberman about something, and and mm-hmm. it wasn't with any like who who's this guy? You, you know, it's like well, that was your vice presidential candidate not all right. that long ago, and a guy who many people felt to be a very reasonable human being that tried to be this thing we talk about all mm-hmm. the time. And and I, I is there maybe a little less respect for history? I, I mean, not that it's ageism, but I mean, is there just a little like I don't care what happened before me? I think there's a sense that if the that no one's listening, so I have to again to your previous point, I have to be outrageous or I have to be, you know, loud in order to and you know get anyone's attention. Because do you think that people were paying attention to us at the age of sixteen? No, no, and and I guess, but and I don't know how old AOC was. I honestly don't when she first um, got her role in Congress, but I. I think that by the time people are in their late 20s and early 30s, they want to be heard mm-hmm. and don't feel like the mechanism is there always to have their voices heard. And again, yeah, time and time again, they don't show up to vote. And, and, and it is the craziest thing. I mean, you can almost like track it like uh, uh, and and even the, the illusion that there were so many young people that were voting for Obama. And if you go back and look at the numbers, it really not much difference uh, in certain age groups, you know, voting, even yeah. though that felt like a movement of young people. I Yeah, I remember that. And I remember I remember that was what everyone thought. And I think that I don't know how you engage young people to vote when they don't see themselves in anyone on the candidacy slate. And yet I feel like it's one of those things we have to just keep talking about and encouraging people to do. I think that it will be interesting to see how many people do vote in these coming elections. Well, now it'll be interesting to see too, uh, you know, the founding fathers, Mm -hmm. uh, they had a minimum age for president, but people didn't live 
I know. They should have put a max to 90. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, when I mean, it wouldn't have been yeah. the thought process, yeah. you, you know, about an 80 year old candidate. Not then. Uh, and so th- the idea that, yeah, why not? If, you, if you've got a minimum, you're saying I got to have at least this many years of wisdom and learning to be able to handle the job. Why would you not think you're right on the other side of that? Well, I think to your point, no one thought at the nature time would limit that. I think people thought at the time that it would not be an issue. And yet here we sit. I think that also like the owner of the Atlanta Falcons different His he's the 82 years old founder of co-founder of Home Depot. I listened to him talk. He sounds extremely intelligent to me. Seems like he has all his wits about him. I know. But in the conversation, anybody that's critical of him, it's almost it, it's almost always tarnished by this meddling old man or this old guy. Mm-hmm. He's so Sigma. close. To, yeah, that there's mm-hmm. no like we're not talking about the merits of what he's talking about. Yeah. It's always painted in this old guy that's gotten out of touch. Yeah. And and I think that some of what we're talking about in, in this presidential election, I think, is is some of that. Yeah. Well, Joe Biden was a year older than Ronald Reagan leaving after eight years, taking office for year one. So, right. y- you know, that that gives you some example of and, and, and in my lifetime, Reagan's the only one I have any context of people using this sure. argument against. Sure. Sure. Because if you go after that. Uh, George Bush Sr. was a younger man, I mean, comparatively to, mm-hmm. to Reagan. Sure. Uh, and then certainly Clinton came in, you know, yeah. and that felt like, a, you know what, they were doing Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> 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 That's how young and hip they were all they those were. years ago. And then George uh, W. Bush was, you know, in his 40s. And then Obama was in his 40s. And then we started seeing this other thing, too, just like we f- saw with Jimmy Carter. Uh, you, you know, what do they do after when they when they get elected at that age? Yeah, it makes for when you've had the the job at the pinnacle of a career. What do you do for the next 20 years? It's tough. Yeah, next 30, 40 years. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gigs and books. Well, there was always before that, there was this sort of silent agreement to not attack the people in all I mean like yeah. that there was this kind of thing of like you ought to know that this is a horrible job and there's no winnable thing and, and but Have but, some decorum but the, the younger those candidates got they're not going to sit silent for 35 years Correct. so Carter started that you know which mm-hmm. is now kind of continued on so things change should it we have a maximum that's a good question. I don't say no. Okay, so should we have a minimum discrimination? Okay, but we aren't we doing that to tell a thirty-nine-year-old uh, genius that they're not because they haven't lived two more years oh, capable? I would be open to the argument that you that you could move the line earlier. How, well, why not older? Because just because you're a certain age doesn't mean that your faculties are gone. So, uh, so my, right. So I, no, but your, if but, your faculties are gone, you shouldn't be electable. Uh, but. But if you're 42 years old, mm-hmm. the odds of your faculties going after electing versus 81 years old mm-hmm. is night and day. Well, yeah. I mean, so the, the it ought not be right at the time I vote for you. It ought to be in consideration what does four years look like. Well, we have actuarial tables for this. I know this we is do. what the insurance industry mm-hmm. makes a living at. And so we know and we can we can project and predict Based on age. So am I wrong that somebody from 81 to 85, the numbers would be far greater than Absolutely. from 42 to 40? Oh, that's oh, obvious. That's, okay. that's the actuary tables. I think there's, what, a 5 or 10% chance of dying every year. And yeah. So you have to think about those things. And yet I don't know if, you know, there's so many other problems. As though, are those the problems that we want our elected officials to work on? 
I, no, I want them to pave roads and make sure the I power a stays on. Like and a budget. budget. And it's been budget. said that people could live now to 120. 109, 110 is becoming more frequently. Yeah. I mean, what if you're still doing? I don't want them in the White House. <laughs> Right, then don't vote them in. But I, right. I'm just saying, there's got to be, there's got to be some. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Well, yeah. but but we're okay limiting on the other side of it. Well, our founding fathers did, and we no, but but it. I do think that there is. I mean, I don't think somebody in their 20s or even their 30s is capable of that job. Yeah, when I I mean, as back, smart as they might be, policy wise and everything mm-hmm. else, you know, there's a reason why those guys come out gray. You know, like they go mm-hmm. in looking one way and come out looking another. And I do think the value of experience Agreed. and looking at things differently, and that doesn't mean that the twenty and thirty somethings can't play a huge role in governance. I, I, right. I just think. I don't know. I We've lived forever with the 41 thing. I'm okay with that. Yeah, lived experience. There's value in lived experience and wisdom. Yeah. I mean, I look at myself. I mean, even 10 years ago, right? I mean, don't Same. you feel like every decade? I don't know we measured in decades, but don't you feel completely different as a human being? Of course. I yeah. I mean, I as far as experience and how you look at things and how you probably understand things. 80 probably feels different than 70, too. Yeah, but you can't remember. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Shut up. You do it to me all the time. I'm 56, <laughs> and, and Nick's always got the old guy reference stuff going. Right? A little so, bit. Yeah. So it's okay. Uh, Maybe it, the old gal here, too. No, 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 no. You know what I'm looking forward to coming up? We're, we've got to get the bump music here. What caller do you want to give tickets away to? We're going to go quick. We're going four. Call number four, 217-875-1340. Call now. Pair tickets for Sunday. Don't call if you can't use them Sunday. For crying out loud, please. Martha Stewart's got a documentary coming. We'll oh, talk I about that next that. week, don't you? <laughs> I do. I hope Snoop Dogg's in He it. has to be in He it. has to. All has right. To. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.